Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast. Andrea Earhart here, muralist, adventurer, and your host as I interview inspiring artists who are killing it in the art game to show you that it's completely possible to make a great living doing the thing you love to do. We highlight the business side of art to help you reach more customers, increase profits, and ultimately live a life of creative freedom. (laughs) Enjoy the show. This episode is sponsored by the Mural Master Program inside of the Artist Academy Advanced Membership. This program is specifically designed to help you with every step of the mural process. From coming up with an idea, to finding a wall to paint it on, to pitching your ideas to businesses, and finally, of course, I teach you exactly how to paint large scale. Murals are a lot of fun and a great way to grow your art business. I know because it has been one of the top ways that I've been able to grow my own art business as quickly as I have. With several years of experience as a muralist, I've dialed down the painting techniques, the proposals, the pitching, the whole bit. And now I've compiled it into one resource for you called the Mural Master Program. This is included inside of the Artist Academy Advanced Membership, and I would love to invite you to join us by going to artistacademy.co, that is artistacademy.co, and click the link to see the Mural Master Program and learn more. And that's it, so let's get on with the show. This week's episode features Minnesota-based illustrator Tim Cortez. Tim and I were connected through Rob McDougall of episode 137. After that interview, Rob and I got on the phone and he spoke really highly of Tim and said, you gotta meet this guy. So I said, let's bring it on. And so like Rob, Tim is also a sports illustrator and has made a great career of it, drawing for big time leagues and various professional sports. Our subjects today mostly center around the ideas of doing what you love, then sticking to what you know, and the importance of accuracy. I really couldn't decide which one of those would be the best titles of this episode because all of those subjects were brought up and defined by Tim's own experiences. He has lots of stories. He is such a great example of someone who has found their niche, got really good at it, and stuck with it long enough to build a reputation, and now hardly ever hears the word no. (laughs) Sounds pretty great, doesn't it? He doesn't have to pitch himself, but rather word of mouth makes people come to him. He's gotten so good at his craft that he hasn't had to spend any efforts on advertising. And I hope this conversation inspires you to stick with it enough to find out what you love, then have the patience to practice enough to get dangerously good at that thing (laughs) because it does get easier the longer you're in the game. I promise. (laughs) Let me know what you think of this week's episode with Tim Cortez. If you could start off by introducing yourself, maybe telling us a little bit about Tim, where you live, how you got into the arts. Okay, uh, my name is Tim Cortez, and I'm a, what I call a commercial illustrator living in Duluth, Minnesota, which is real close to the Canadian border. I got into this business coming out of art school. I, I, went, to, I went to college initially to be a college hockey player at the University of Minnesota, and when that, after a couple of years of that, 
I decided I was getting a little old. I wanted to move on with things, so I, I transferred to art school, which was a very big twist in my life. It turned everything just on its ear. <laughs> I didn't fit in real well at art school, and it may have been because I was a little bitter about hockey at the time still. But uh, I definitely, I definitely had my challenges at art. It didn't work out that well. So how I got into what I do now is a lot of my friends who stayed with hockey ended up playing in the National Hockey League and winning Stanley Cups and things like that. And they knew of me, and they knew that I was an artist. And and they wanted they wanted to celebrate those things and those achievements in their life. So they would call me up and say, hey. You want to do a portrait of, we just wanted to, I even designed a couple of tattoos that uh, were Stanley Cup oriented. So with that, I, I, um, I, I just stayed in the sports art realm and people kept hiring me for different things, different events, uh, people being inducted in the Hockey Hall of Fame, that kind of thing. Everything just piggybacked on everything else. And then the one thing, the one where I really learned to do what I do is back in 1992 in Minnesota, we had every sporting event in Minneapolis. We had the Super Bowl. We had the World Series, Stanley Cup, the Final Four for basketball. Uh, I think the U.S. Open for golf was in Minneapolis. And all these little pop-up shops opened up all over downtown Minneapolis. And one of them was the sports art gallery. So I went and applied. I said I would like to do... Uh, you know, I'd love to work with you guys. This is when I was still in art school, but I wasn't working in color at all. And they said, we really want you to work in color. So I went back home, found out, you know, looked through all my supplies. I had a bunch of dried up paint. That was not going to be any good. I didn't have any money to own, invest in a bunch of stuff. But I had a set of colored pencils that somebody had given me as a gift, a personal color, color pencil. 35 years later, that's all I've used my entire career is Prismacolor color pencil. Now I'm starting to branch out a little bit into some watercolor. Yeah, I just, I found it and I stuck with it. And I stuck with sports theme for a lot of years. And it, it, I really took it a lot of different places and very lucky that way. That's amazing. And you got most of your work through word of mouth, you're saying? Yeah. Almost 100% of it, yeah. <laughs> um, I will, I, it's always piggyback. Um, everything that I do now, each piece of work is different. It, it, it has it has a different contract. I'm dealing with different people. They want different things out of it. It's my job to go in there and negotiate the deal and then do the artwork. They're hiring me for the artwork, but I have to also put together the deal that makes sense for me. And I haven't always been great at it, too. Some, sometimes you get stars in your eyes and you'll, you'll give stuff away got to try to avoid that. There's always something there waiting. Like I, I, I always try to have at least five projects in the hopper ready to go, whether those are little portraits for people, for friends and family, or bigger ideas that I have or that somebody will pitch to me. I got a lot of people pitch me ideas. It, it's, it's, it's a really wonky way of going about a career, but I've yeah. enjoyed it. I think yeah. this is a really great example of somebody who found their niche. Like you found your niche, your thing, and you stuck with that thing and you became known for that thing. And yeah. that's just, there's so much power in that. And there's a lot of artists I know that listen to this that haven't quite found their thing. So I think this can be really inspiring 
to them because a lot of artists hear that, oh, you know, you, you get a lot of word, word of mouth business. They're like, ah, oh, great. How am I going to get that? And I think the answer to that is sticking to one thing. And even like uh, with colored pencils, you, you've stuck to your one thing and got really, really good at it. Do you, so yeah. you, you use uh, Prisma colored pencils? Yeah, Prisma color, colored pencils. So I've tried other ones and there's some good ones on the market. Uh, but for what I do in the way that I actually physically create it, it they work the best the kind of waxy feel that i can blend and, and what i do it, it, it really works the best for me but going back to what you said about doing what what you're what you know there's a lot of people up in northern minnesota this is hunting duck hunting deer hunting everybody's always asking me why why don't you do federal duck stamp stuff and i said hey because that's not what i do that's not where i spend my time my hot my time is spent at home creating or at the hockey rink coaching. I've been able to take those two things and, and really make a career out of it. You really have to stick with, with what you know, unless you're ready to do a lot of studying, a lot, you know, in, in the work that I do commercially, accuracy is everything. Some of the jobs that I've had, like I did one for the Minnesota Twins, the guy who hired me, the GM for the Minnesota Twins, was an absolute nut job when it came to the historical elements of that team. He knew every letter on every patch, on every jersey of every year. So as a result, I did three six-foot murals of uh, their World Series appearances that are in now in the new stadium that they have. And the redos I had to do just, just to get to the final version were it was unbelievable. But accuracy is everything. If you do something in the sports world, like a football pitcher, and you have something inaccurate, like the wrong face mask on the wrong helmet, that's the only thing a person's going to see. Say you're doing a portrait of somebody. They're going to say, oh, I never wore that. I never did that. You know, you see what I'm saying? Yes. So you have to know what you're doing and what the subject that you're creating for people. The, the importance of accuracy. I, you know, I... I'm such a, like, fly-by-the-seat-of-my-pants artist, and I think several uh -huh. other people are. Like, so do you create a sketch first to make sure it's exactly what they want, or how, what's your process like to get it super accurate? You know, I try to avoid that because I don't like to add costs, mm -hmm. but if, if a client really wants that just to be comfortable, I'll do it. I'm not doing it for myself because I know what, where I'm going right from the start with stuff, but if it makes them feel comfortable... I'll do the sketches. And, you know, a lot of times I've sold those sketches at, at auction and stuff. So those are really rare pieces. That's truly one of one. You know, the design, like the Twins project that I did. Like I said, he had me do so many sketches, and he had red marker notes on them, and I did. There's me and the GM going back and forth. Well, to a, to a Minnesota Twins fan, that was gold to have his personal notes. And so we sold that at some of those at auction for a lot of money. There's value in that. Really oh, wow. I, I hadn't really thought of that. The sketches behind it. And the Yeah, um, yeah. The, People should always hold on to their sketches. Yeah, because it's so, even, it's kind of like a memorabilia kind of a, kind of a oh, thing. Absolutely, people, yeah. People love their sports. Especially <laughs> in the sports, yeah. I mean, there's people, when it comes to professional teams, they'll, they'll lob on to anything that, that uh, they support. For sure.
Yeah. So you've never been tempted to go and try hunting um, arts or any, any other kind? You're like, nope, this is my lane? Um, no. That's not necessarily – to be clear about that, what I do pride myself on with my work is I can shift. I can do portraits. I can do architecture. I can do different elements of whatever – I'm very adaptable to what the client wants. If a guy comes to me and wants a picture of him and his son hunting, I can do that. I'm just not going to go into the competition world of that, like the federal duck stamp kind of thing, because it's not where my interests lie. You know what I mean? I would rather, you know, for instance, in 2021, I want to branch out. Like I said, everything that I've done in my career has been private private commissions for private people, for private institutions. Not a lot of uh, printmaking involved, some, but not a lot of it. A lot of it was one and done kind of thing. My goal is to find a different market in some of the stuff that's interesting, interesting to me outside of sports, like Western art. I'm really fascinated with Native American subjects. So that's what I'm trying to Try to branch out into that world, and that's all new for me to go try to find a publisher and see who's interested. I'm really throwing it out there more than I'm used to. I'm used to being just fine at what I do, sports stuff. I go out and see if people like my Western stuff, or I do a lot of skiing art to see if people really like it is a little daunting after this many years of my career. <laughs> but oh my I want to do it. I want to, I would feel. Like I didn't accomplish something if I didn't go try. Yeah, and I could imagine myself maybe getting a little bored of it. It's funny how like when things come pretty easily, you're a little bit less interest is there, you know? Yeah. And especially yeah. after you do it for so long and you just, you need a challenge. Are, are, are you that type of person? Because I am. When something starts to become easy, I'm like, what else can I challenge myself at? Maybe it, maybe I should try this or that. That kind of sounds like what's happening. So it seems like it's kind of a like you're you're on to the the, the new challenge. And how how is that going? Are you getting a response from that? How long have you been trying to do something new like that? Well, I mean, I've been in between my commission work. I try to I've been trying to throw in a personal piece for myself, having to do with being or the. Um, Native American stuff. I'm almost there with it. I, after researching a lot of these uh, galleries, they want to see a body. They don't. They don't want to see me come out with one piece. They want to do with them. They want to see that. Okay, we can do something with these seven pieces, and then we have a history. Which we can have a history. And we. They, they want to be confident that I can be able to still kick out work after those seven pieces. So I want to. Maybe it's an excuse for me to to just make sure I got all my eggs my eggs in the right basket, you know. But I'm I'm real close to you know to see who's interested in it, and I'm going to have to be ready for some rejection, which I'm not used. To. Oh, oh, let's talk about <laughs> that for a second because yeah, yeah you're you I was made used a... to it in art school. I got used to it in art school, but <laughs> made me feel like I never wanted it again. <laughs> Yeah, because and now you've been in your career for so long and doing so well for so long that you haven't. Yeah, you really haven't heard a lot of no's here recently. No, so I don't know that I've heard any no's, <laughs> and 
That's good. I mean, think I think one time I think I did a picture of Mickey Mantle for a client out in New York, and I really liked it, and he didn't. And I think I got upset and said, "Well, I'm not doing it for you." If you don't like, <laughs> I think that's the only confrontation I've had. And uh, so I gotta, I gotta make sure that I, when people say it's not for them, that I handle it in a professional manner. I can be a little hot-headed. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's everybody's first reaction, you know, like and yeah, it's our, yeah, it is because like our we spend so many hours on it. What I try to do sometimes is I'm like I'll look at something and if I want to respond to it in a mean way. I'll just look at it tomorrow and then respond tomorrow when yeah, after it's yeah, had time you, to cool down. Do that way to <laughs> oh, yeah. I have a knee-jerk reaction. Well, you know, and with the artwork that I've created, I've well over 4,000 pieces in the last 30 years. Most of that was not real personal for me. You know what I mean? I was doing, I was following orders <laughs> and just doing what the client wanted, knowing what they wanted. It's never been, I've never had a real big attachment to holding on to my originals. Um, I usually try to sell those with the package. But when I do this stuff with the uh, Native American stuff and the skiing stuff, that's way more personal. So I got to be able to, and my wife is good for this, saying, hey, you know, you put yourself out there. You got to be ready for not everybody to like it because it's not everybody, you know? I can't please everybody, and so I just got to be able to handle that when it comes. I think yeah. a lot of artists are going through that now, or have. I know I have because I remember I wanted to paint with glitter for the longest time, uh-huh. and I told myself no because there was I knew several people around me that would be like, uh, "No, that's for children." And <laughs> I finally started painting with glitter, and I've gotten an amazing response by it. But a lot of people don't like it, and so it's just getting that thing in my mind of like. It's fine. It's fine. They're just not my people. <laughs> yeah, I saw your clouds that you did. Those, oh, yeah. Those did, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah lots of glitter. You're doing what you want to do, and I love that. And it's, uh, you look like you're having a lot of fun at what you Yeah, for sure. But it makes me, it makes me feel better knowing that other people are, have the same problem, too, and just, and just mm-hmm. talking about it, about the fear of the rejection. Sure. I think that goes with, all artists, all creative people. You know, my son's an engineer, civil engineer, and he still deals with that. Well, you don't like what I sign, or you don't, I don't think he's so early in his career, he hasn't really dealt with any. It, it's a personal thing, no matter what. If it's music, if it's acting, art, whatever. Yeah, because we're all, we all have different tastes, we all have different everything. And so I guess it just comes down to finding your people. How are you? How are you planning to find your people with the African-American art? Oh, you mean the American, uh, the Native American stuff? Na- Native American, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a lot of leads on galleries out in Western United States, out in Park City, Utah, and Vale, Aspen, places like that, where I can take both the Native American stuff and the skiing stuff and maybe branch out together, because they're not certainly not two subjects that are tied to because usually galleries want, okay, this guy does this and this is what he does. Well, I got a lot of stuff on. We'll try it in different galleries. I mean, we'll just see. I, there's a lot of people, a lot of friends that travel out that way and say, boy, if you would just bring it out there, there's just nothing like it. So we'll have to test that theory when I'm done with my portfolio. 
Yeah, definitely. Okay, yeah. so you're using your current connections to grow your your new um, niche kind of yeah. a thing. And I think for yeah. artists just starting out, that's a really good idea. Even if they haven't created art yet, right? You kind of you use yeah. your connections, like your friends hired you first, and you know I'm Absolutely. sure like some somebody's mom hired you for things like that. Yeah, and it's, you know the other thing I would say along those lines of finding clients and getting to know people is a lot of, and, you know, with your experience at art school too, artists like to be these very individual, sometimes, hopefully I'm not offending people, but kind of mopey, you know, yeah. in their own world kind of, you can't, if you're going to go try to be a professional and, and do different things, like I've been able to do for different, completely different types of clientele, you got to be able to, to talk and be a professional and realize it's not just about nobody's hiring you because of the way you feel about your art. If that, if that makes sense. They they hire you in the commercial world anyway. What can you do for us? We saw what you did for them. We want you to do the same thing. We don't want to know how you do it. We don't want to know how you feel about it. We just want you to do it. We'll pay you this amount of money to do it, you know. So it's a little bit of a cold process if that's what you want to do. Now, if you're getting into the final art realm, then it can be a little more personal. That makes sense. Yeah, so true. But it's you, like you got to put away the the attitude. I've had a lot of guys, a lot of friends, try to go into the sports art realm and just couldn't get past themselves because they were uh, they were beyond reproach. And well. There's careers ended very quickly. So true. So. There is a balance with it's an art business and it's yep. my passion. And the, yeah, mm -hmm. there, there definitely is. And I totally get how you think um, art students are kind of mopey. And like, like, like we were talking about earlier, you know, you just you had a hard time fitting in in college, as did I in art school. Um, because, yep. like you mentioned, mopey. And I came in, I was like, hi, I'm ready to paint today. And, like, very yeah, preppy. All <laughs> I know. People were just like, and I was painting with, like, bright colors and fun things. And people were like, that's so commercial. Like, oh. that's just not unique enough. And I'm like, so for the longest time, I was like, maybe I am just kind of like a commercial artist. But I found that it's, it actually works out really well on the business side they, of it. They can be purists as long as they want and be baristas at the same time. Sorry, any baristas out there. That's the way I feel about it anyway. That's, that's been my experience with people. you got to be able to sit at the table, sometimes throw a suit on and go sit down with college um, presidents and you know coaching staff. So you have to sell them on, on what you do. They already called you into the office for a reason they've seen your work now go tell them that you can get them what they need yeah you know what i mean yeah without bringing yourself too much into it for sure so are you confident mm -hmm. in situations like that or because i know myself oh, when, yeah. I'm, when i'm put on the spot i'm just like oh oh gosh okay i can do this <laughs> like what what's your take on that yeah I'm, I'm in my element when i do that and like i said it's usually with sports organizations and I love meeting them, and I love them. Fascinated by their organizations, so it's it's a mutual. All right, let's see what we can do together. Kind of thing. The Notre Dame one was a lot of fun because they brought me down in the summer to show me the campus, show me the locker room for the football where they filmed Rudy and all that. 
it was great. And then they brought me down for every home game too that that season. So that was a great feeling all the way around. What they ended up doing with my artwork is I did a six foot long picture of the history of the program and then they cut it in the, up into six game day programs for each home game. So it was cool. It, it, so I don't mind I don't mind meeting with people. I, I've almost always had a positive experience. I don't remember a negative experience to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of part of it. Yeah. Do you have a favorite mm-hmm. past project that you can think about? Well, the Notre Dame one's one that sticks in my mind. Uh, the Minnesota Twins one that I did the murals of, uh, I really like doing that because I got a big reaction. The other thing that I'm really proud of is I did, first time I ever did dogs, I did a picture of what we have up in Duluth is called the Bear Grease Sled Dog Marathon, and it's a four-day sled dog race. And I did a the 30th anniversary of it. Well, that made its way up to the Iditarod that year. And some people from the Smithsonian Institute saw it. And to make a long story short, it's now in the permanent collection of the Smithsonian. Oh, so, my gosh. That is that so cool. cool. Yeah. That was very cool. Congrats. You know, it's just something I did as a favor for a friend who was on part of this bear grease committee. And it ended up all the way out in the Smithsonian. So. Yeah, I'm pretty cool with that. Oh, wow. Okay, wait. So you did it as a favor for a friend, and then it ended up... I did it as a favor for a friend. He called me up. He was the head of the Bear Grease Committee. He said, boy, we need something to celebrate our 30th anniversary, but the race is only like a month away. Can you do something next year for us to celebrate the year prior? I said, well, that's silly. Why wouldn't I just try to get something done for you now? No way. Could you? I said, well, let's give it a shot. And so we did. And people liked it, and they really liked it a lot. Got got all the way out there. So, yeah, that's probably that's probably my proudest thing. <laughs> oh, and I love that it yeah. started as just a favor because in the art world, I, or I hear a lot of people, and even I get to the thought of sometimes of you know I need to be paid for my work. I need to you know mm-hmm. I like a lot of people coming into it. They see people selling paintings, and they think if they don't sell their painting. It's like wasted time and whatnot. So I love this example of something. You're just doing what you love. You like your friend. You're just kind of putting stuff out there and big things happen from it. I know that some of my biggest projects have come from just a really, really small project that I just kind of showed up for and wasn't expecting much. And then it just it just explodes in, in certain ways. You have no idea. That's exactly what happened with this one. And he showed me the, 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 you know, I always work from photo references usually, especially commemorating things. He showed me some of the photography from this dog race. I said, well, if nothing else, I got to try to draw this myself, but there's such cool, beautiful pictures, you know, of the dogs out in the snow and the sun and the, so I was going to do it either way. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. And I think that's where the best stuff gets gets made too when like you're doing something you want and I guess your friend probably wasn't really like dictating exactly what to do you just saw an image you loved and mm-hmm. um colored penciled it is that or drew yeah. it I guess you should say sorry drew I, I, I usually say painted what they call them in the business I guess is colored pencil painting oh I mean, it doesn't make much sense to me but I call them drawings let's call <laughs> them drawings <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I've been experimenting with a lot of other new materials, watercolor. On this stuff called liquid charcoal, which is really cool. Oh? Yeah. 
Are you using that? Kind of wild? Yeah. Are you using that on your Native American stuff or? Yeah. I, you know, there was a picture I, that was behind me downstairs that you might have saw. That was done with liquid charcoal and wash, watercolor, all different sepia tones kind of kind of stuff to give it that older feel. So I'm trying to play with different things. Yeah. I love it. Just kind of experimenting, just doing what you love. I mean, that's that's what I'm getting from this whole thing. Is the, you're doing something you love and you're making a career out of it instead of thinking, what are people going to buy? It's like, ah, well, I'm just I'm just doing well, what I like. Things like that a little bit. Oh, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> it's still there. I mean, that uh, I'm at certainly at no point where I can just do whatever. I I uh, I'll always be a commercial illustrator. It would be um, silly of me to, to turn that work away. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I still like it. I'm a I'm an athlete, and I I like doing that stuff. So, um, some of, sometimes it gets a little old, but that's the same thing. Every artist feels like the grass is always greener on the other side, right? You know, you get sick of what you're doing. I tell that to my friends or some other artists, and they're like, "What are you crazy? What are you?" You're an athlete, and you're drawing athletes. What, what, what's wrong with that? <laughs> and, so true. Uh, I just I need to branch out a little bit just to see where I can go into that other those other areas that I talked about. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, logos are my thing. To where like I oh. I, I like them. I mean, I'm, I'm I really like doing logos, but that's like the my, my make money thing. I'm like, yep, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> like, yeah, I do a lot of that in between the big, I, boy, all over Duluth, I have logos everywhere. Uh, my high school, my, all different companies. Yeah, I love, it's a break from the really meticulous work and gets me into my, more of my imagination of, okay, I think I just did one for a lacrosse team, the Wolfpack, and I was really proud of what I came up with. But that's that's a totally different area. Again, that's that goes into can you do different things besides just a portrait? Yeah, I can do this, 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 and this. And I oh, love doing them. Do you design logos or you paint them on the wall? No, I design them. Okay, I paint them on the wall. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, actually yeah. I need someone to refer someone to if so if you ever, if you need some referrals, I'm always like, people are always asking me to, to design their logo, and I'm like, I don't do that. <laughs> oh, just, okay. Yeah, I'll but just... you will put it on their wall for them in their office, right? Yes. Yeah, so I'll, I'll yeah. paint it on the wall just about anywhere. So that, well, that, that's actually mind, how I got started. I like, I like yeah. the design. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's actually how I got started in the, the painting business, was um, people were just asking me to paint their logos, and I was like, okay. <laughs> Whatever, and then it just kind of went into yeah. clouds and glitter. <laughs> oh, it looks great. I, I I love a piece of butterfly stuff that you've got. Oh, thanks. Oh, yeah. Cool. yeah. Yeah. That looks like freedom. <laughs> <laughs> I get a lot of requests to do murals in town, and I uh, I'm not set up for it. I have a friend who's in that business who's fantastic. And he does a lot of the local restaurants and stuff. And, um, I have done, I, this was kind of challenging. I, I got hired to do for our local hockey rink. It, it was called, uh, oh, what was it called? 
I forget the name of the project, but they wanted to they wanted me to illustrate um, seven or nine different feelings or nine different uh, oh principles, honor, tradition, blah blah blah. And what they were going to do with it is, I would do these eighteen by twenty four illustrations, but they blew it up to thirty five feet by twenty, whatever the dimension is. I'm like, oh, I don't know if we can do that. <laughs> you know, I thought it would be uh, all distorted. Turned out it worked out great. And now I know that my little work can be blown up that big, you know. But to get up there on a, on a, on a ladder and do it, I, I don't think I could do what you do. I don't know. (laughs) Well, I I think the same thing about your stuff. I'm like, I don't know that I could be super, super um, detail oriented like you are too. I'm just like, let me paint this here and out there, and I'll yeah. yeah, The the bigger, the better. Yeah. So um, I guess we can move on to another question. Let's see what what we have on there. Um, Is there anything you don't like to paint without or create draw without? A lot of people say music or a certain kind of paper or... I have to have entertainment. I have to. I, I follow a lot of Netflix stuff, which seems weird because you would think you would need to watch it. What I'll do is I'll get on a show and I'll watch seven or eight times. So I don't have to look at it anymore. I just listen. Like Game of Thrones, I think I've seen like four times. Oh. The whole series. So that's my background. You know, music, of course. I a lot of music. Um, but yeah, I um, when I'm settling in downstairs on a cold winter night up here in Duluth, I like to have my fire. I have a fireplace in my studio, and uh, I like to set the atmosphere. Yeah, a lot. It's very important to me, and it's very important that I try to keep it as clean as I can. Now, my wife would say you don't keep it clean enough, so she'll go down there once a week and straighten it out, which is fine. Most artists wouldn't that it actually helps me a lot because when i'm organized and everything's right there within the arms reach that's when i'm happiest yeah. i recently took over my basement since both my kids are out of the house now and I took over their rec room and made it my new studio i love it. oh so i love that you said that because um so i, I teach artists in the the artist academy and today's or this week's theme is organization and so I love that you said that because it's so true because a lot of artists are, we're, we're very messy and I consider myself rather clean, but just mm-hmm. like you, my husband would argue otherwise. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it, it is very important to just to have like everything kind of just set out where you don't have to search and it just, that's, yeah. it, it helps with the creativity and just the progress of things going on. Is that kind of what you think? I find it very important to, to, have everything set up when I sit down to draw because when I sit down to draw, it's going to be for hours at a time. And if I have to look for a piece of tape, I get frustrated. And if it's not right there, it'll just mess up my flow. Yeah, I, I, I like to have everything. I have, I have a huge drawing table. It was one that was given to me from a friend of mine who was a, ga- uh, a framing gallery. And I don't know if you know what a wizard is that cuts frames or cuts mats. In a, well, anyway, it's a humongous stainless steel table. And she got a new one, so she goes, you want this? I said, yeah, if I can fit it, I, I want it, sure. 
I can put three or four projects on there at one time. So what I have is I have that, and then I have like a mechanics tool, you know, the big tall ones they use on NASCAR and stuff with the drawers. So I keep all my stuff. I call it my cockpit, and I got a computer and everything over here, and then a desk behind me here for writing out my calendar and stuff. It's just a very specific setup. <laughs> what I, like, I, I got a house, and I use a gaming chair. That's my chair. So <laughs> I don't know. It's a weird thing about me. I like to be organized that way. Yeah. Well, whatever works for you. You found you found what works for you after doing this mm-hmm. for so long, and just you, you're making it work. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so we have one more question for you. What okay. is so a lot of artists who listen to this. Um, they're just in the very beginning of their art career. They're not sure where to start. So what, what's a good starting point? Where should somebody who is just getting into it, what, what should they do? What's a good starting point? Well, the first place to start is what interests you. And um, that's what you have to do. You have to see what interests you, what you like to do with the idea that, okay, I'm going to be really good at this, so I'm going to re- be really busy with it. and therefore. I have to like what I'm doing, okay? Because if you go out and do, okay, I'll take my friend Rob McDougal for for instance. I talk to him a lot, and he said, you know, you know, he's very good at character, and as you've seen, probably he said it. You know, I did a Labatt beer illustration at one point. He said I couldn't get away from the ketchup bottles with guitars. He said for years he was stuck in that commercial mode, which he didn't. You know, so if you're going after something and you're not really pumped on the subject matter, be careful with that because you could get pigeonholed into that really, really easy. Like I say, the the one thing that's a bit of a curse about what I do is the length of time it takes me to create one of those big sports pieces, okay? But that's not what I'm known for. So that's what people want. So it's a little bit of a curse that way. I mean, it's not a terrible curse. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to sound like that. But you have to be very comfortable with the subject matter that you go after and that you want to move a career out of. Yeah. Make sure it's what you want to do. Imagine, like, whenever you're painting something, imagine, like, would I be okay painting this for every day for the next month, I guess, would be a good question. You know, go into it with the aspect that, you know what, I'm going to succeed at this, so i got to be happy with what I'm doing. Yeah. Make sense? Yeah, plan on being busy, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I don't think enough people do. No, so. definitely not. <laughs> well, thank you so much. That That's a really great way to end this, and this is a great overall interview. I love all of your insight, and I'm so glad we got everything to work. I, could, I was able to yeah, hear you I'm perfectly. Nope, we, it'll be perfect. <laughs> I, and we're going we're gonna to edit all of it down into a podcast episode that will air next Monday, so just in just a week. So. Okay, so can I, like, advertise for it, like, my friends on Instagram and stuff? Yes, I will send you an my email. My daughter was one. Oh, yeah, so. I will send you an email. Sorry, my cat keeps getting in the way. Ah, okay. <laughs> so I have one of those, too. Yeah, <laughs> there's just animals everywhere. And yeah. I will send you an email, actually, um, next um, when, when it airs on Monday. Uh, so okay. next Monday, it'll have all the links to all the things, and it'll have, like, a little short clip, and it'll have all the stuff for you to share. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on and taking the time out of your day to come chat with us. I am so glad to meet you. Yeah. Remember, uh, with the logos, keep me in mind. I love designing them. I definitely, definitely will. (laughs) Yeah? Awesome. Okay, also, one quick, what what is your website so people can find you? Oh, it's uh, just timcortez.net. I just changed it. It was .com, Hmm. but it's .net now. Okay. TimCortez.net. That's a work in progress. I don't, I don't use it that much. It's all social media. Okay. Really. Okay, yeah. so they, they can find you on Instagram at just Tim Cortez. Tim Cortez Art on, on uh, Facebook. Yeah, Tim Cortez. Yeah, Tim Cortez Studio. Okay. One of them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will put it in the show notes to where people can just click on it and they will find you right away. Okay. That sounds great. Awesome. Well, have a great rest of your Monday. Thanks again. Bye. All right. Thanks, Aria. We'll talk. Bye-bye. This episode is sponsored by the Mural Master Program inside of the Artist Academy Advanced Membership. This program is specifically designed to help you with every step of the mural process. From coming up with an idea, to finding a wall to paint it on, to pitching your ideas to businesses, and finally, of course, I teach you exactly how to paint large scale. Murals are a lot of fun and a great way to grow your art business. I know because it has been one of the top ways that I've been able to grow my own art business as quickly as I have. With several years of experience as a muralist, I've dialed down the painting techniques, the proposals, the pitching, the whole bit. And now I've compiled it into one resource for you called the Mural Master Program. This is included inside of the Artist Academy Advanced Membership, and I would love to invite you to join us by going to artistacademy.co, that is artistacademy.co, and click the link to see the Mural Master Program and learn more. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. If you review our podcast and send a screenshot of that review to me on Instagram, I am art by Andrea Earhart. I will gladly share your art on my Instagram story with a reach of over 60,000 as a thank you for helping us grow this Artist Academy community. And speaking of community, if you would like to be a part of our absolutely free and very encouraging community on social media, just head over to facebook.com slash groups slash Artist Academy, and I will see you next week.